Hello, and welcome to the Crispin Commentary Daily Mortgage Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Crispin, coming to you live this Wednesday, February 10th, 2021. Uh, and I've been told that I should probably bring some more personality to this podcast. But the problem with that is I am a child of mortgage banking, and personality is not quite in my Rolodex of vocabulary. Um, so apologies to all you listening out there. But uh, hope you enjoy monotone reading. Uh, here we go. Topics on this episode include recent QM changes, updates to Fannie and Freddie, and an interview I did with the man himself, my dad, Rob Chrisman. Here we are in the 58th week of 2020. What's new? The FHFA extended forbearance protection last night, and rating agency Moody's view is that the CFPB's recent changes to the QM rules would allow lenders to qualify more types of loans as QM resulting in a non-QM market with loans of lower credit quality, since most of today's higher quality non-QM loans would qualify as QM under the new rules, making future non-QM more synonymous with non-prime. The rule, if implemented, could incentivize some lenders to price riskier loans lower than their true risk in an effort to fall within the new QM rules, APR threshold. QM status conveys potential benefits to lenders and securitization issuers, such as protection against legal challenges, an exemption from securitization risk retention. Remember, the mandatory compliance date for the revised general QM and season QM definitions is July 1st. For more on that, go to robchrisman.com and click on the link. For today's interview, we thought we'd switch it up and let my dad interview me to give all the listeners out there a uh, better sense of this exemplary individual that brings you the podcast each morning. Yours truly. So, Robbie, I wanted to ask you, among your friends and acquaintances who are renting right now, does does the subject of owning a home even come up? Should we treat this like our um, normal interactions where I answer all your questions with another question? I think it varies based on the, the friends. I mean, a lot of my friends living in San Francisco can afford two, three, four thousand dollar payments every month on housing. But then it comes down to having the money for a down payment. And if you're talking about a uh, a metro like San Francisco where it's more expensive, you need two, three, four hundred thousand dollars to to be able to be competitive on a lot of these houses that go on the market. And even still we're seeing all cash offers for above asking. So I think a lot of my friends that live in cities are Happy renting for now. Maybe they have the goal of homeownership one day, but it's <clears throat> it's very distant for them. Others who live in more inexpensive metros, uh, some have already bought homes. Some are in the process of looking for homes. Millennials millennials are very eclectic in the sense of some are some are living a traditional life and are already married and might have kids before they're thirty, and some are still single on benders into their thirties. Uh, so there's there's a wider range than there's a wider range of of life paths and options and stages I think than there was uh, several generations ago, and so it it really varies for my different friends. All right, so it sounds like, given your answer, there's no real consensus in terms of what is on the minds of people in their twenties and thirties thinking about buying a home or talking to their moms and dads about helping and so forth. And it depends on 
location, location, location. So if you had to give the lenders out there some advice on on home ownership for 20s and 30s, you know, what advice would you give them uh, for, for people your age in their 20s and 30s about buying a home and financing a home? I think it's really about the process and that's what we were focused on when I was working at SoFi in the mortgage department was figuring out how to differentiate high touch leads versus lower touch leads. And I think millennials to a large degree are part of that lower touch group where they say, Hey, if I have my ducks in order, I have my W twos and my tax returns and my pay stubs and my investment information, let's get the ball rolling here. I want to be able to submit these electronically. I want to go through the process very quickly. And I don't necessarily want someone to be calling me the second that I submit my phone number on your website. What about down payment assistance programs? Do you think information about APAs is widely disseminated or are they a real value add that a loan officer can contribute to a, somebody in their 20s and 30s buying a place? It would seem a lot of it is the messaging around it where I think people have a tendency to be skeptical of a down payment assistance program in general. They say, oh, this might sound too good to be true, or what are the terms of this? Am I getting into something that I shouldn't be? I don't think they're very well known, though, to answer your question directly. When I talk to my friends who are looking at buying houses, none of them have mentioned down payment assistance programs. It's all just getting a conventional loan or whatever loan it might be for their property. So I think for loan officers the messaging surrounding down payment assistance programs, especially if your borrower is a, a candidate for that, uh, is is something that it's worth letting your clients know about because it will help a lot more of them qualify for homes. I wish more of my friends knew about it. All right, well, thank you very much. That's it? That's it. Huh? Fannie and Freddie operated like utilities. Let's see how that is working out for PG&E in California. Seriously, what if the new administration left the two of them under conservatorship? It would certainly leave industry pundits less to talk about, right? The Federal Housing Finance Agency, commonly known as FHFA, extended the forbearance period to 15 months for GSE borrowers. This is an additional three months beyond the previous 12-month limit. Black Knight had reported that nearly 25% of all, not just GSE, active forbearance plans were scheduled to reach their 12-month expiration in March and another nearly 15% in April. This extension should provide support for troubled borrowers through the difficult winter and early spring months. We view this announcement positively for mortgage credit, broadly speaking. Fannie Mae issued Selling Guide Announcement SEL 2021-01, which includes update information on the verification requirements related to seasonal and secondary income, the seller servicer post-purchase adjustment, process to require the use of the post-purchase adjustment form, and the removal of references to lenders authorizing release of MI data. For the rest of the lender updates, please visit robchrisman.com. Looking at rates Tuesday, Treasury yields rose marginally across longer durations and the MBS basis ended Tuesday tighter, particularly on higher coupons as investors weighed the latest on stimulus, earnings, and vaccination efforts trying to determine whether letting the economy run hot will spark destabilizing inflation. The day's $58 billion three-year note auction was met with solid demand ahead of today's $41 billion 10-year Treasury note auction results.
Today's economic calendar is already underway. Mortgage applications decreased 4.1% from one week earlier, according to data from the Mortgage Bankers Association's Weekly Mortgage Applications Survey for the week ending February 5th. 30-year mortgage rates remain near their cycle lows during the reporting period at about 2 and 7 eighths. We've also had January consumer price index figures up 0.3% as forecast, with much of the gain due to gasoline, and the core rate was unchanged. Coming up are December wholesale inventories and sales, remarks from Fed Chair Powell on the state of the U.S. labor market before the Economics Club of New York, and the January budget deficit from the Congressional Budget Office. Today's desk purchase schedule is the largest of the week at $8.8 billion, over three operations, including $7.3 billion in UMBS 30s. We begin the day with agency MBS prices unchanged and the 10-year yielding 1.15% after closing yesterday at 1.16% due to the CPI data reminding us that inflation is currently not an issue. Let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. In keeping with this week's love theme, a man is madly in love with a princess and wants to propose, but an evil witch has cast a spell on him and now he can say only one word a year. So he waits 14 agonizing years, accumulating all his words before approaching his beloved. Finally, the big day arrives. When he sees her, his heart skips a beat. He gathers his nerve, drops to his knees, and intones, My darling, I have waited many years to say this. Will you marry me? The princess turns around, smiles, and says, Pardon? Thank you for spending a few minutes of your time with us. We hope you found it informative and efficient, and we look forward to doing it all again tomorrow. If you have any questions about the podcast or sponsoring opportunities, send me an email at Robbie at robchrisman.com. Visit robchrisman.com for more information on our industry partners, access to archived commentaries, and how to subscribe to the daily mortgage news and commentary. To listen to or download past episodes of this podcast, Search Mortgage News on any platform you get your podcast from.